You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era, improv new stories, talk hard, screw up, and underline meaningful passages in Moby Dick to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And I'm Andy Rooney. All this on 60 Minutes. Mike, are you... Wait a second. Andy Rooney, how'd you get in here? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me uh, tell you what's going on. I'm such a big fan. Oh, wait, it's not Andy Rooney. He's dead. It's oh, Don. It's Don, guys. I oh, fear. God. Even worse. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. What the fuck? Mike, you got to go to work, right? I think, yeah, I think, oh, yeah. I think we're done. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, hey, Don. Wow. Hey, welcome. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> wow. thanks for stopping by. <laughs> thanks for the welcome. <laughs> oh, how very. Uh, <laughs> Eskimo. Um, what? <laughs> well, since you dropped by the Raised by Rentals parlor, and you guys are since you're here anyway, you might as well yeah. <laughs> talk about something. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I think you have a crazy idea. Talking to Dawn is that the crazy idea? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think uh, there's a crazy idea here because the last time that we talked, Dawn, it wasn't even yes. to each other. No. It was in it was... response to each other on different episodes of different podcasts at different times. <laughs> it was true. It, this is very true. This is very because someone was angry that they oh. were part of a certain boogeyman's closet. <laughs> wow. This... I know. I got super jealous, right? Last year, and 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 Mike, you can fill the details in because you know I have a terrible memory. But you had invited Dawn and Sam. And who else was on the episode? Was it you, Don, and Sam? I feel like someone else was there. Uh, Maurice was there. Maurice was there to talk about Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the episode was announced, or as the movie was announced as a pick to vote on, I was like, oh, I love that movie. But for some reason, it didn't occur to me to say to you that I would that I wanted to be on it because I freaking right. love that movie. <laughs> yeah. And then when the episode came out, I was like, oh, sweet. And... Then Don and Sam were on there. And again, I was like, all right, cool. This will be fun. But then you guys got into all this talk about the Lawrence brothers <laughs> and Christian Slater and Gargoyles and Radon Chong. And I'm just like yelling at my truck radio, like, what the fuck? And like, I want to be there. I have a crush on <laughs> Christian Slater too, you know. <laughs> and then I heard about this. I heard about this. Okay. And I suggested that me and Josh here just do our own podcast about Christian Slater, but no, he don't want to do that. <laughs> well, I he don't want to spend all that time editing. Oh, the Christian God. Slater power hour. Yes, exactly. Hundred percent more Christian Slater. Right, Christian Slater all the time. Talk hard. Let's go. Ooh, there it is. Talk hard, Christian. That, that, honestly, if you guys, if if there was a podcast about Christian Slater, it would have to be called Talk Hard. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. come on. 
or we would do like Heather's minute uh, as a follow up to the Star Wars minute and all the other like one minute podcasts that are out there. Which, if you anyone listening hasn't heard of those or you're not into the minute movies, there's a whole shitload of them. I forget the website where they have them all listed out, but if you go to Star Wars Minute and look that up, it's been going on for years. And they have a, on their website they have a link to like hundreds of other podcasts where people will copy their format, which is to watch a movie one minute at a time. And they do an episode every day about every minute of the movie. And it's fucking awesome. Because <laughs> they just go into like ridiculous minutia, right? Just crazy little details. The original Star Wars trilogy and I think the Back to the Future trilogy were my favorite ones. But I've listened to a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, but I, I totally would have done like a Heather's Minute. And yeah, and I mentioned this as a follow-up on a Raise the Rentals episode. I don't remember which one it was now. But I, where I went through this whole spiel was like, look, I got to like editorialize for a second about this episode of The Boogeyman's Closet. And I went into all of this. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's true that if I wasn't doing Raise My Rentals, I would totally do some kind of a Christian Slater-centric podcast, like a watch through, you know, of everything he was in. Or like I said, you know, one of the movies by minute. And uh, that's what it's called, movies by minute. Yeah, moviesbyminute.com, I think, is that website. But anyway, so. It'll happen one day. (laughs) Me and Josh will do it. We're going to start with, like, Legend of Billie Jean. And then we'll we'll work our way up to uh, the show breaking in. We we got this. <laughs> well, again, my my same complaint is I barely have time to edit one podcast. Now, being on the podcasts are that's a different story. Like recording them is fun, but it's all the editing and all the other like uh, the social media and all the admin bullshit. Like I barely have time to get this one done. As it is, I'm yep. recording like you know two days in a row, which for Mike is probably nothing, but for me it's like eating up my whole weekend (laughs) i'm recording five days in a row this week wow (laughs) yeah i'm uh i'm 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 strapped for time this week (laughs) oh jeez so as a constellation prize i thought you know what what better way to kick off the early part of our third season than by doing a christian slater uh, focused episode. Our first guest of season three, first guest of 2024, have Don come on, and <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do 100% more Christian Slater as an episode, and we'll just have some fun with it. And of course, we need to focus on what, to me, and fuck you two, but to what? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! But what I to was, me? I was all for the Slater verse, but if you're gonna be <laughs> uh, no, but to me are the three quintessential VHS era Christian Slater movies. Mm-hmm. I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I love Interview with the Vampire. I Hell, I even love Cuffs. But for me, it's Heathers, Gleaming the Cube, and Pump Up the Volume. So that's what we're here to talk about. So I figured, let's just get together. Let's watch these three movies for like the hundredth time each because they're all so <laughs> freaking good. They're absolute classics. And yeah, we'll get together and we'll figure out some way to mash them up and have a good time. And this is absolutely completely by the seat of our pants. So yeah, we <laughs> let's really see what got no ideas, guys. We're just flying <laughs> by on this. <laughs> so I guess we'll just see what happens. I mean, I, I will say uh, of these these three movies, the only one that I had watched with any regularity for the last 20 years is Heather's. Um, Heather's is just one of those comfort movies that gets put on a lot. Um, I would say at least once a year, if not more. Um, whereas Gleaming the Cube and Pump Up the Volume, I have not seen for decades. And that makes me feel incredibly old. Um, 
I watched both of them this week and I forgot how much I fucking loved pump up the volume. That movie is so good. Like I, I, I need to add it to my collection of movies. I don't, I'm sad that I don't have a copy of it yet because <laughs> it's just so fucking good. Gleam in the cube. I enjoyed myself, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of funny to spot like Tony Hawk as himself, and then Tony Hawk as the stunt skater. Like you're yes. trying to figure out which one's which. <laughs> Let's kind of talk about what the movies are, who the characters are. I'm assuming that anyone listening to this is probably familiar with at least Heather's, because that's an absolute '80s classic. You know, it's oh, a yeah. it's a modern classic if the '80s can be considered modern. And I would agree with you. Gleam in the Cube and Pump Up the Volume are, are lesser known. Uh, for me, it's almost the opposite of the, when it comes to those two, because for me, Gleaming the Cube was the one out of that one and Pump Up the Volume that I've seen the most times. I tend to put that one on as a good background comfort movie when I'm just doing the chores around the house or whatever, folding laundry, just something to, to put on where I don't have to watch it because I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. But I like the music. I like the skateboard tricks. I like, you know, stopping to watch, you know, Tony Hawk and um, the other pros and the names are escaping me off the top of my head, but there was a lot of like, you know, pros at the time or in the movie. There's also cool, like little, little Easter eggs and stuff in the background. Um, and I watched it with my 11 year old, not that long ago. I just had it on the background. He walked in the room and just saw skateboards and sat down. And I don't think that he understood what was going on with like the murder plot, but it was, <laughs> it was still a fun movie. I, I, I honestly think that the climax ruins the movie. Ruins is too strong of a word, but I didn't think it was corny until he like suited up in his like black and chrome gear and like, <laughs> yes! you know, what are you he tur- talking about? He turns into That's like a superhero part. all of a sudden. And I'm like, okay. I mean, when I was eight, it was badass, but you know, he when I'm, takes when I'm out the bad guy by jumping a sweet ramp. <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> And there were a bunch of other movies that were similar to this that came out at the time. And the one oh, yeah. that I think of the most. Rad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Rad. And there was one about motocross that was called uh, Winner Take All. Uh, yep. And I remember I, my brother used to watch that one all the time. And I'm picturing it in my head right now, but I can't remember, think of who the actors were. But, yeah, it's it's the same movie as Rad, but with dirt bikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think one of the dudes from Solar Babies is in it. I need to revisit Solar Babies. Yeah, we have to get my brother on to do a like 80s sci-fi crossover like Solar Babies with like robot jocks or an arena yes. or one of the one of those <laughs> types of movies, you know. Ex- like... Excuse me, excuse me. The easiest one is is Solar Babies with Rollerball. Hello. Oh yeah. I mean yeah, that, that would that would that would fit together pretty well. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. There, and I'm, my brother's probably listening to this going, you know. He's like, yes, I bought it. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's probably reminding me of some movie that I completely forgot about. He's like, what do you mean? The obvious one is fill in the blank. And I just can't think of what it is right now. But yeah, he was really into those uh, those low budget sci-fi movies in the 90s. But, but can we really say that we, we go for the the obvious when we're trying to mash together Heather's Gleaming the Cube and pump up the volume? <laughs> well, I, I still say we're leaving out Binks from, uh, from Legend of Billy Jean, but I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that's another one I have. I, I don't think I've yeah. seen that one since I was a kid. Like, I need to rewatch that. I couldn't. I was trying to watch it before all this, too. I have a bootleg copy somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Like, it's not streaming anywhere either. Yeah. I remember not liking that movie very much, oh. which is part of why I was like, yeah, let's not do that this time. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying we can't come back to this later verse at some point. And right. Because obviously. It. 
we're yeah. having a Slater verse. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of obviously is being thrown around that I'm deflecting. Obviously, we're having a Slater verse. <laughs> but there's lots of other great Slater roles out there too like he has a, a cameo role in the wizard that i love you know yes. that that uh, nintendo guys, competition movie guys, with fred savage i'm just gonna say he's in hot tub time machine too all right i yes, will talk about is. hot tub time machine or one or two i don't one care i'll talk about it oh By yeah way, I, I watched that today too i know that has nothing <laughs> to do with this but i watched that today so, you know i love the first hot tub time machine the second one like oh it's, it's not great but i love it it's it's funny but yeah it just it pales in comparison to the first one mm-hmm. so much and it's like it's a bummer because i love the first one and then the second one's like okay it was, it was good yeah. <laughs> it's like it's all right yeah <laughs> but he's in a lot of good stuff you know he was in i mean back in the day he was in like murder in the first and untamed heart and yeah i mean he 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 eventually kind of he kind of dropped out of like the leading roles and started taking on like indie films and TV and you know he's kind of been bouncing in and out of like the A list for years but he's done some really really solid stuff so yeah I mean I definitely w- would be interested in revisiting some of his more I keep saying more modern and I'm like I'm talking about like the <laughs> the last time I think I I could have truthfully said that I've seen everything he was ever in was when like Broken Arrow came out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't see Hard Rain? Come on. No, I mean, I did. I've seen, I've seen a lot of the stuff he's been in after that, like Hard Rain and uh, Very Bad Things, but just not like every single thing, you know. But back right. in the, but back up to a certain point, it was like, I may not remember all the movies now, but at a certain point in my life, I had definitely seen every single Christian Slater movie that was at my like local movie time, you know. Like, oh yeah, I, I exhausted that shelf. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. When we were kids, it was like he was just so damn badass. So it's like, yeah, I want to see his movies. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, he was I, I so liked him dreamy. at Heather's. He was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he I mean, he Josh said he was dreamy. I just kind of wanted to be him. You know, it's, uh, it's like, potato. Do you want to be him? Do you want to fuck him? I mean, it's it's tomato 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 tomato. Oh man. Uh, so so here we are, and. Uh, Let's see if we can figure out how to fit these guys together. So let me just go through some facts and figures a little bit again for people who may not quite remember all the details. So again, I think Heather's is the one that people remember the most. Of the three, it came out first, 1988, and Christian Slater plays the most badass of all badasses in the history of Hollywood, Jason J.D. Dean. <laughs> and it took me until this most recent watching to realize that his name is a combination of like James Dean and Jack Daniels, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe some Jason Voorhees thrown in there since it was the 80s. Mm. Um, and just everything about Heathers was the coolest fucking thing imaginable in 1988 and in 2024. <laughs> it was yeah. uh, the fashion, the the dialogue, like the the witty quips the the you know the the smart and sassy teenagers the music all the little easter eggs it was just you could not make a fucking cooler movie winona goddamn writer is oh. the main character i mean jesus it, and bullies it, knew how to bully let's just say bullies <laughs> knew how to bully then right now they hide behind the keyboards <laughs> <laughs> Back then, they just beat your ass at a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's funny, 
because it's true. I, I don't think I ever noticed it till until recently. Like my last couple of watchings, that like fucking Kurt and Ram beat that one dude up and make him scream like I want to suck big dicks at a uh, funeral yes. right outside the so church with all these dicks. people around. Yeah, but. Okay, I would sign down here. Why are why why are they at that funeral? Like the jocks I get. <laughs> why are the nerds at the funeral? Well, because like, ev- everybody if it was me, wanted I would have been like, yeah. fuck you. Like No, it was Hed- <laughs> yeah, but- it was Heather Chandler's funeral. Like everybody wanted again, everyone wanted to be her or fuck her. Yeah, and they, they do show that with the nerds where the one oh. looks over at him, he's like and like spews out his milk. He's like, Oh my god, she looked at me. Like even though she despised them, they worshipped the ground she oh, walked. Yeah. So you know, I'm just saying that's not how it was in real life. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, I would no, no. Have been like, fuck no, you. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. No <laughs> one would have shown up. But yeah. No. I mean, they and her ghost even says it later in the dream sequence to uh, Veronica, and I don't have it quoted, but she mentions oh, like, oh, the it. more more people you know were at my <laughs> funeral. Her funeral was like the you know it was like the social event of the season. I do have to say that when you were talking about the, the two nerds getting beat up at the funeral, the thing that makes me laugh every fucking time when he's like, say you like to suck big dicks. And he's like, <laughs> OK, you like to suck big dicks. And then they start beating on him. And he's like, he makes him say it again. And he just starts ad libbing. He's like, I, I like to suck big dicks. Mm, mm, I can't get enough. Mm, I-, I fucking lose it every time. I'm like, dude is riffing. Why is he riffing now? Because everything in Heather's is so (laughs) ridiculously over the top. I mean, it's just over the top, like, especially in the dialogue. Everything is just bonkers. Like, the kids, by the way, are all rich as fuck. Every single person in this movie lives in a... Yeah, even the stoners. (laughs) I mean, you see Veronica's house a bunch of times, and she's got, like, an actual, like, statuary garden in her massive backyard, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a state park, you know, all manicured hedgerows and shit. Like, but of course, like the 80s and every movie back then, all these rich country club people go to like regular ass high school with like, you know, the, the dregs of society. And that, and that's the whole thing with others. It was basically just holding a, you know, holding a mirror up to John Hughes and poking fun at all of his movies. And all of his movies had that. Like everybody was rich, even like the, the loser kids were rich. Um, you know, everybody had like these these huge like wealthy you know or like their wealthy homes that they lived in uh but they all went to shitty schools you know they they were yeah. in Shermer Illinois and the, or Sherman Illinois and they they were in uh Shermer Ohio so or Sherwood Ohio or whatever Sherwood, yes. Ohio. Sherwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sherwood the name is the it is I is obviously a riff yeah Sherwood yeah. being similar to Shermer I mean yeah it, that was on purpose for sure uh, yeah but yeah I totally agree it's it, it, I like how you said holding up a mirror to the John Hughes movies because, yeah, John Hughes had the same issue where all these, like, rich people going to the school with, you know, kids who obviously weren't. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. whole plot of, like, every Molly Ringwald movie, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and um, it, it, which, of course, now is just completely unrealistic because all those rich people would be going to amazing schools in their rich white school districts, you know. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> But back then it was like everyone just went to the same school for whatever reason. And I remember I was watching this one with Tegan, who was 16. And first of all, it's a little bit weird watching this with your kid with some of the dialogue. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but they had seen it with their friends at a sleepover one night. So I was like, you know what? The the dad in me is like, what the fuck are you watching that for? You know, with your friends. But at like the person, the regular dude in me was like, fuck yeah, I would have watched it years ago with my yeah. friends at a sleepover. No, I, you know? I would have been like, why haven't I shown you this earlier? Like, yeah. <laughs> because I, mean, to be I fair, 
I, I think I we think all saw it when we were children. Yeah, I was yeah. like 10. I was like 10 years yeah. old. Yeah. I saw all these movies when they came out in VHS, which would have been yeah. within like a year of their release. So, I, you know, we were like nine, you know, when yeah. I saw this movie. So, um, so our video store had to get another copy of Heather's <laughs> because me and my brother would literally walk in, return it, and then the other one would rent it. Like yeah. we would just we would just keep doing it. And then finally it wasn't until like it hit HBO and we were able to like record it off of HBO. Cause back then, back then guys, like remember things didn't come out on VHS for like a year after yeah. they were released and all that crap. Yeah. So like so yeah, the video store we used to rent to had to like get another copy of it because we were always like renting it and nobody <laughs> else could rent it. Oh yeah. And Mike, I'm sure you remember living in Niagara Falls, there were several video rental stores. And so yep. even though there were there was one or two, depending on what year it was, one or two within walking distance of my house. But there were other ones. So if my parents were into the idea of renting movies for the night, we could go to a movie rental store and you know by the 90s there'd be like a hundred copies of titanic but at the time again there'd be like one copy of every movie because they cost like 80 bucks each or yeah. some, yep. something ridiculous and uh so yeah we, we'd go to one store and they wouldn't have clash of the titans we'd go to the other store they still had it in stock you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i remember movie night turned into a lot of driving around until everybody had a movie that they liked and because it took so much time we would make sure we got you know one or two for everybody in the family and then we'd have movies to watch all weekend but yeah by the 90s it became it's so easy that i would stop in the blockbuster on my way home from school and just grab the next movie where i remember there was one year where the, everything was on discount between like, it was like a happy hour thing between certain times of the day so on my way home from school if i stopped in before like four o'clock or something you could get a not new release for a dollar so i literally just went to like the genre shelves and was like you know i'll start with like sci-fi and just watched from the letter a until i got bored and then we'll go to horror and do the letter a and b until i get bored and then go to drama yep. and like every day i was just stopping and picking up something and just grabbing or like every christian slater movie or every spielberg movie or, or whatever that i remember for like two years we did that and that's that was basically the end of my uh my being on the the pulse of what was happening in movies because <laughs> I don't watch nearly as much shit now. Oh yeah, I remember doing that exact thing in in uh, the summer of '97 um, because Blockbuster had that thing where it was like two movies for a dollar if it wasn't a new release, and I would I kept going. It was like a one night rental, you know, you get two movies for one night for for mm -hmm. a buck, and I used to go with Tom Thorpe. The two of us would go and uh, get horror movies, and we would just anything we hadn't seen, we're like grab it. <laughs> like that's how I watch stuff like Death Spa for the first time. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> we haven't seen it. Throw it on. <laughs> like, but I, yeah, I that was a fun time. Sorry, I remember that was also how I watched a bunch of movies that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise, like Ben-Hur or even like Schindler's List when I was a teenager. Like it was two, on two VHS tapes and yep. it was so like, you know, serious and sad and then black and white. But again, like you could get them for like a buck on my way home from school. So, yeah, I ended up watching a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, but by then I, I did not pick up gleam in the cube because i'd already seen that one a thousand times <laughs> i had it taped off hbo that was the next movie in our list here which came out in 1989 where christian slater plays brian kelly a decidedly less 
uh, anarchistic uh, uh, teenager, but still, in his own words, a total fucking screw up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so he's a here's what IMDb has to say. A young, avid skateboarder uncovers a government conspiracy while investigating his adoptive brother's mysterious death. And like, wait, was that a government conspiracy? I thought it was no. just like some <laughs> smugglers who were they were smuggling in weapons to Vietnam, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the government. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. IMDb is uh, is leading us astray because we all know how accurate it is, right? It's it's oh, perfect absolutely. information. Everything on there is exactly gospel. Well, but, yeah, I'm, because remember, none of these were supposed to start Christian Slater. Yeah, they were I, all supposed to start Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> And uh, Sylvester Stallone was going to play his uh, Vietnamese brother, Vinny. Yes. <laughs> hey, you got you to stop with all the skateboarding, you know? You got to hit the books. Hey, hey, you made a move. You made a move. It was a good move. That was a good move. Yeah, I just started smoking today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But in, in reality, yeah. I mean, he's the typical 80s fishtail skateboard riding skateboarder who, you know, mm-hmm. is fucking around with his friends. The uh, the frosted tips and the you know the spray painted jean jacket hanging out with uh, Tony Hawk and uh, <laughs> gleaming the cube whatever the fuck that means but let's you know, not yeah. forget let's not forget has a best friend that lives in a bomb shelter yes Yabo <laughs> I was so jealous of that dude's room fuck yeah dude Yabo is like the coolest character in the movie I love that guy <laughs> I was like damn it I want a room like that I still right? want a room like that. <laughs> so cool uh but yeah so you know his uh brian kelly's brother his adopted brother gets murdered and then you know they make it look like a suicide but he doesn't believe it so he has to investigate the murder and you know he gets caught up in this uh it is a conspiracy a government conspiracy it's a conspiracy to smuggle guns into vietnam and like this one uh, rich white guy to make a whole shitload of money off the deal, you know, skimming off the top of the books. But uh, it, it's it's a fun movie. But yeah, it's it's a little weird when you know, he he goes through this like emotional journey of dealing with his brother's death and learning how to grow up and repair his relationship with his parents and figure out who he is and do some soul searching. All that's amazing. And then he ultimately dating. decides to be like a super skateboard superhero. <laughs> don't, don't forget the whole dating my dead brother's girlfriend. Yeah. He did. <laughs> really weird. You know what? That was weird. And when I was a kid, I totally just thought that he was like trying to like become his brother or like replace his brother by like dressing nice and, you know, riding a bicycle and carrying a briefcase and, you know, being this total like nerd and dating his girlfriend. And then I realized now as an adult that it was completely strategic that he was just trying to get closer to her dad the whole time. So, you know, there's even those scenes where they go on dates and he does nothing but ask her about her dad the entire time, which flew over my head as a kid. But as an adult, I'm like, he never liked her. I mean, he might have fallen for her eventually, but he was just like stringing her along, trying to like get close to her dad. Exactly. But next up, we had Pump Up the Volume, 1990. Now Christian Slater plays Mark Hunter, a.k.a. Happy Harry Hardon, a.k.a. Hard Harry. <laughs> uh, and IMDb is a little bit more accurate this time that he runs a pirate radio station and causes an uproar when he speaks his mind and enthralls fellow teens. <laughs> yep. It's a, it's a little corny to say it that way. But yeah, I mean, the dude's got like a ham radio uh, set up and he, you know, jacks into the public airwaves and has this uh you know uh x-rated radio show he's a high school student going on the radio every night pretending to jerk off and and just you know go on these like long-winded monologues about how fucked up society is 
And uh, I thought it was interesting to note, though, that all three of these characters, Jason, Brian, and Mark, while they have differing personalities, at some point in the movie, they all go on a similar speech where they bitch about America being nothing but strip malls and 7-Elevens on every corner. But it's the snappy snack shack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's, that's a big part of why I think of these three characters together all the time. It's the sort of like, you know, the screw up trilogy because they're all kind of the same dude, but, you know, to different levels of psychosis you know, right. or, or sociopathy because, you know, JD like loses his shit. Yeah. No, he he fucking goes off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about these movies and we figure out what can we do to mash these up and get like a Slater verse going with these three characters. They're all, you know, in the, let's say, you know, late 80s, 88 to 1990. Uh, again, they all kind of have a similar personality. They're all supposed to be teenagers, even though, I mean, I don't know how old Christian Slater was, but he certainly wasn't in high school, <laughs> you know, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like pretty fucking cool dudes. You know, JD just in general, Brian Kelly when he's in his uh, skate punk form, and then, you know, Mark Hunter when he's pretending to be hard hairy on the radio. Uh, so they again, I think that it makes sense for them to mash up, but we need to figure out how do we do that? So let's see, do, do, first of all, do we care about them staying in the same order in terms no. of like the act, the events in the movies? Well, I think the, the uh, you mean like the, the times that the movie came out or the events that happen in the films? I guess it doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to think about if we're going to like put these movies together, are they all happening at the same time? Is one happening like before the other one? Does it matter? You know, like just kind of like set some ground rules in terms of like what's our world building? Okay, well, I, I think that if we're going to take uh, we're going to take all three of these movies and try to mash them together or at least mash the character together, um, we're definitely going to have to play a little fast and loose with the the timeline because um, I, I I feel like because of where JD ends up, like that would have to ultimately be where it ends. Um, okay. So we even though that came out first, we'd probably have to put that at the at the end. But again, it could mm-hmm. be like, you know, fucking Star Wars. You know, we're telling well, the middle of the story first. And then you well, know. here's the thing, because both JD and not Brian, Mark recently moved to these new schools after like right. they they I'm saying I'd say they all start at one school and then afterwards those two move off onto other schools. Like a prequel kind of thing. Yeah. See, <laughs> that I'm, makes sense. I'm thinking it's the same guy. I'm thinking, you okay. know, that that all three of these these kids can be the same guy. Like it, it they don't have to necessarily be completely different characters. Um okay. cuz like okay, let, 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 let's start let, let's look at, let's look at Gleaming the Cube where he's arguably the best uh person of the three characters. <laughs> um you know, he's just your your average teenage slacker. He wants to, you know, be out there skateboarding with his friends and all that. Isn't really paying attention to stuff while his brother is trying to like make something of himself. Um and he gets himself tied up into this whole gun running operation and pokes a little too deep and ends up getting himself killed. So now you have was it was it Brian Kelly? Was that his name? Yeah, Brian Kelly. Yes. Um, yeah. So you have you have Brian trying to like find out what happened to his brother. So he he basically gets in over his head, ends up 
toppling the the villain and like win saving the day you know like solving solving his brother's murder and uh exposing this gun running operation so now here here's my thought on this though that's not going to be the end of it like you know it, it isn't just like one general and a white dude that were running guns to vietnam and that's the only part of the operation <laughs> Like, there are clearly going to be other people involved. And if some little fucking skater punk just screwed up their big operation, don't you think someone's going to come after him? Like, someone's going to try to kill that kid. Okay, so, yeah, that makes sense. So what if, like, you know, after the dust settles, like, somebody comes after him or some, you know, a group of people come after him? What if, you know, he's forced into, like, a witness protection program? Or, like, maybe his parents are killed and he's, he's put in, like, a foster family. And that's why he's so, uh, like, disparate and, and, and separated from his parents in Pump Up the Volume. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think there's something cool we can do here. And I think you're right when you were saying that Heathers would have to be at the end because – while it happens off screen, I, it's pretty definitive that JD dies at the end of Heather's. Yeah. Um, you know, Veronica literally watches him blow himself to smithereens. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Sorry, everybody. What? And lights, lights her cigarette off of it. I mean, if you go by the original script, they all died. But True. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. You know, Veronica lives happily ever after to go watch rentals with Martha Dumptruck. But that's not the in the original script. But okay. <laughs> but that's the heartwarming that's ending. Yeah, that's the heartwarming ending that we want to see. We want to see <laughs> because the no, name's the... Dunstock. It's not Dump Truck. Just cursed um, as fuck with no such luck. My future plans orig- include that much. In the original be, script, be, she becomes be, prom sorry. queen. So, duh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're not talking any. original scripts. We're oh, talking yeah. filmed <laughs> and, and and produced. I didn't read no original scripts. So, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. Oh, do, your, do your own research. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so let's let's talk this through. So. If we're talking about, let's say we start with Brian Kelly because he's like the nice guy, right? I mean, right. I, arguably you could say the same is more true for Mark Hunter, not for Hard Harry, his his alter ego, but you know, Mark right. Hunter is like this kind of a nebbish wallflower type. But yeah, I would, I'll I'll go with you that Brian Kelly is. He also seems to me like the younger of the three. I, yeah, I, it, yeah. That, I, I think that makes the most sense. So he's a young guy. He's like a I'd go so far as to say he could maybe be like a sophomore, probably a junior in high school. You know? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say probably like 15. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. A lot of these people in these high school movies, for some reason, they're always juniors who played like by 30 year old actors and actresses, you know, like <laughs> like in. In Clueless and Mean Girls, those are all juniors in high school people. Those are not seniors. They're like <laughs> 16-year-olds. Like, makes no sense. Shit, what, what about I've, Andrea 90210? <laughs> she was like oh, 30-something yeah. playing a freshman. I always thought it was well, really unbelievable, though, that the characters in Clueless and Mean Girls both are juniors. Because I'm like, how do you rule the school when you're not even a senior? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Eleven yeah. 11th graders don't rule the school. My kid's in 11th oh. grade. Tegan's in 11th grade. And, like, you know, they're not, like, you know, one of the plastic popular kids. But I see those kids at the school. And the juniors aren't in charge of shit. <laughs> um, Heather Chandler ran the school. And she wasn't even a senior. 
Mm. That is true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So we start with Brian Kelly and he's like, a, you know, whatever. He's a junior. He makes, makes sense. He's like 16 years old, skateboarder guy. And like, to your point, he runs afoul of this like Vietnamese organized crime organization, this uh, smuggling ring where they're smuggling weapons into Vietnam to ostensibly fight against the communists you know it was an anti-communist movement but mm-hmm. you know criminals be criminals because I, I that that white guy whatever his name was that that was like the big bad guy in the movie i can't think of what it was you know he, he didn't give a shit about vietnam like let's be honest he's he wanted the money yeah. <laughs> it's all about the money for him what's that character's name i know oh, i'm looking over uh oh, ed uh, it was uh ed londale londale played by richard hurd there you go. Yeah. So Londale didn't give a shit about Vietnam or the Communist Party. He was just no. making some money. Right. So, OK. So, you know, Londale's organized crime you know, connections, they come after Brian and his family. They kill Brian's family, his, his mom. Yeah. They kill his mom. They kill his dad. And, you know, the FBI or whoever, they got to swoop in and get Brian out of there because now they want Brian to testify because Brian knows about Lawndale. Hell, maybe Brian saw the whole thing Punisher style. You know, he saw these guys drive up <laughs> on him on the park. These mobster guys take his family out and he sees the whole damn thing. Maybe he gets hurt too. You know, he take he takes one to the arm and, you know, the mm-hmm. FBI guys, they, they, uh, they spear him out of there and they take him to, well, it's got to be New York then, right? Because. Right. Because Mark was in New York before he went to Arizona. So that would make sense that he goes to New York mm-hmm. first. Okay. I, I don't remember if Mark was a senior in Pump of the Volume. I think he must have been. I don't recall, but just the, with the kids that he was running with, I feel like they were probably seniors, but that would make sense. So let's kind of fill in that gap in between. So if we're saying that Brian Kelly becomes Mark Hunter, so how does that happen? So he goes to New York with the FBI and, and what? Like, we know Mark had talked about missing New York, so was Brian must have been there for a while if he could miss it later, right? Right. Well, maybe – okay, so well, – well, hold on a second. I, I want to just backtrack for a minute. In Heathers, does it ever say what uh, what grade JD is in? I know they say what, the Heathers are, are not seniors, but do they I, ever say what grade he's in? I don't – yeah, I don't think they do with him. No. Uh, but yeah, Veronica and the Heathers are juniors. Yeah. They, okay. The only other ones that I got that were clearly mentioned were Kurt and Kurt Ram. Ram. Definitely seniors. So okay. yeah, I, I, I could buy JD as a senior by Heathers. So I think that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So the, the action, I think basically all of this has to take place in like two years. I think yeah. that, that would make sense. Right. So Brian goes to New York. He, he, what he, they put him in, like, he's got a, a fake name. They call him Mark. I mean, is he living with like a foster family or. Uh, yeah. What I would think say, like? what, if, what if, okay. So, so he's put into witness protection program because they're going to need him to testify. Um, so they, they whisk him off from, uh, from California. I think it was Orange County was where that took place. And, and gleaming the cube. Yep. They, mm-hmm. they throw him over to New York city. He's given to a foster family, so that's uh, that's going to be the be, the parents we see in uh, Pump of the Volume, so Mark Hunter's parents, which also explains why he's not super close with them. They're not his real parents. You know, they're mm-hmm. trying their best, but he's just like, you know, fuck you, you're not my parents. Um, so maybe when he's in New York City, he that's where he makes some other friends, because he does mention his friends back home in New York. So... What if, like, yeah, he makes some friends there and all that, but then it's like, okay, you, you're going to have to testify now. Like, he has to go to, to court, 
you know, testify against these people that killed his real family. And then they're like, you guys got to get out of the area. Like, you know, they, they knew you were in New York City. You have to leave. And they move the whole witness protection thing. Like they have to move to Arizona. Uh, maybe they, that's where they set up the dad with a new job because he talks about how he got a new job in Arizona. So maybe mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like, look, we're going to move your whole family. We're going to get you out of Dodge. Like, you know, you did what you we did. You did what we needed you to do. But get the, we're going to put you somewhere else. So you're not a target. Um, OK, uh, let me pause just for a second there just to add a yeah. little bit to I, what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. And I'm liking this more and more because <laughs> well, I don't know why. And it, no, I know why. I know why. The reason is being, you know, 44 almost now is when I think of New York City and skateboard kids, I think of kids harmony corinne's movie yes. kids from 1995 right <laughs> right <laughs> which is i mean let's be honest it's it's a good movie but oh god it's fucking horrible it's oh, it, horrible I hate that movie. I what hate the movie, that movie is about you know? <laughs> i think there's one word that best describes the movie kids and that's icky yeah <laughs> the whole movie yeah. is just icky it's, like, it's it's a movie that I should not have seen when I was 15, for sure. No. Um, it's a but good only, story, but... <laughs> yeah, well, the only reason I mention it now is because if we're talking like the late 80s, maybe close to 1990, you know, I wasn't living in New York City at the time, but if Brian Kelly moved there and he's a skateboarder with an attitude and a chip on his shoulder running with a bad crowd, I mean, he's going to end up, you know, hanging out with all these like, you know, kids who are constantly like skateboarding in like Central Park or whatever that you see in kids. I mean, there's like fucking roving droves of these kids you know uh-huh. and i feel like it would be really easy for him to latch on to that to see kids skating in the city and he goes from having like his four surfer dude bro friends in orange county to there's like a whole movement of like you know urban artists and skateboarders and graffiti guys and whatever right and and so he really takes to new york more so than he ever did when he was in orange county because like these are his people and that's why he immediately has this connection that he he then misses when even though he wasn't there for very long right and uh, just to, to point out like if we're, if we're talking about the types of kids that were in kids and the type of kid that uh, brian kelly is and mark hunter is um you know the kids and kids are fucking perverts <laughs> like they're dirty little bastards mm-hmm. oh yeah so you know it would it would make sense that the the young and seemingly innocent Brian Kelly then becomes the fucking perverted introvert Mark Hunter after hanging out with all these little creeps <laughs> yeah it's like the the it's like his his trauma from his family past and all the you know the tragedy that happened there turns him into Mark Hunter but this new world that he was exposed to inadvertently in New York turns him into hard harry you know and it's like <laughs> He yes. goes into these different places. Yeah. And but but again, he's he like if we're if we're gonna examine the character from uh, Pump Up the Volume, like he can't do it like in front of other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah, he's very like he's introverted, but he wants to be like the kids that he knew in New York. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, so the, the only way he can be that I hate to use the word like brave, but that, you know, out and that extroverted and that like uninhibited is when he's hiding behind the microphone. Like that's when he can yes. be that guy. Like all those those kids he was he, you know, latched onto and looked up to in New York. Whether he should have lo- looked up to them <laughs> is, 
<laughs> That's <icky>. questionable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he obviously did. I mean, we're talking about a movie in Pump Up the Volume where, you know, there's like simulated masturbation in the first couple of minutes of the movie. I mean. <laughs> yep. I, I was watching this at work and had to turn the volume down. I had to, to pump the <laughs> volume down. Why? Because well, because he starts moaning like a motherfucker, and people were in the lobby. I'm like, turn it down. <laughs> but, but my, but my, that's I, just a normal night in the in the hospital lobby. Come on, you know that. No, no, no. That's a normal night in the ER lobby. I don't work over <laughs> <Yeah>. the ER. <laughs> but Mike, I think you're missing something really important, though. Like, did you notice that the title of the movie is "Pump Up the Volume"? <laughs> I know. I had, I had, to, I had to disobey. <laughs> Ooh, wow. you're a rebel. Wow. Just, just like, just like Hard Harry. Wow. <laughs> just like JD. <laughs> okay, so now Brian Kelly has transformed through his experience in New York into somebody who will become Mark Hunter and you know Hard Harry. So what happens? How do they get get out of New York? Do we go with he testified at trial and now they're just going to go put him in witness protection, get out of the city, do the mobsters like catch up to him because they see him you know at the trial or on tv or something and they come after him and it becomes dangerous like you know what's the drama that gets them all the way to arizona do you okay. think okay okay let's, let's take a look at this so again brian kelly he was the type of kid that wanted to solve his brother's murder like he very brazen didn't give a fuck like you know what the authority said he was going to get to the bottom of it himself so this isn't the type of guy that would become introverted. So he goes, you know, gets moved to New York, like after his family gets killed, like he's, you know, this is fucking scarring. Um, you know, he's like you said, he witnesses it. So now he's going to be testifying. But at this time, maybe he's still like, you know, I'm, you know, I want to see those motherfuckers hang. Like he's just he's like determined to to put these fuckers away. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, he becomes friends with all these kids in New York, yada, yada, yada. What if after he testifies, like, and like loud and proud, like, you know, it's like a, maybe mm-hmm. like a televised uh, court drama type thing, like points him out, testifies against him. What if at the court, like somebody pulls a fucking gun and tries to kill him? Maybe he gets like shot in the shoulder or something. Basically something where his life flashes before his eyes. Oh, it's like, like, I'm going to get killed. And that's why they have to move him out of the area because they know he's there in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And and like if this were some kind of a short film that would mm-hmm. take place in between these movies that we would see, you know, someone releases a short film at Cannes or on YouTube these days, uh, we we would see that he befriends these kids in the park or, you know, wherever he is, uh, Washington Square or whatever the popular place is. You can tell I don't live in New York City. And <laughs> and uh, um what if it's like one of these kids that he's getting close to, who's kind of like the alpha in this group. He's a skater, but he's also dealing, you know, he's, he's got a gun and he's kind of opening up Brian's eyes to what it's really like on the street, you know? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and of course, Brian's loving this life. Cause he's always been a screw up, a fuck up. He's, you know, he's always been attracted to this kind of thing, doing exactly what he's not supposed to do. I think his, his, his whole fucking problem, his whole life is whether he was being like a rebel skateboarder or whether he was investigating, getting his brother's death he's never been able to like do what he's supposed to do he always has to do what he's not supposed to and right. so now you know he's attracted to these guys and then yeah at the trial it's like he's up there and he's testifying and he and in the crowd just you know in the the viewing uh, pews there's just his buddies from the park and you don't think anything of it other than oh they've come here to like support him but yeah right right at when he's like in the middle of his testimony he like fingers the guy names the name and then this dude that he was like bros with in the park 
Park fucking stands up, pulls oh. out his gun and shoots him right there on the stand. Like, you know, like he wasn't above being bought, you know, by these mobsters who knew that he was getting in close with these guys and that one of these skateboarder dudes, whether it was at the park or at the courthouse, they were going to get close enough to him. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, so now he's been not only shot and had his family murdered, but he's been fucking betrayed. So yeah. mm-hmm. he's not going to know which way is up. Like he's going to be just fucking lost. And and th- I think this is what helps to drive his two personalities when he gets to New- Arizona, because now he's like, well, I can't stand up loud and proud and tell everybody what I really feel. Because last time I did that, I got betrayed by my bro and shot. And so he has to go underground as Mark Hunter, you know, hiding out on the the steps at school eating his blackjack gum and the only time he can be himself this new person that he's growing into this like uber rebel is to get on the radio and be hard hairy yeah no i like that and and because that and then we we can also we can see it happening in in pump up the volume again if we're we're connecting all three of these movies we can see the character of jd slowly emerging because he starts Mm -hmm. off Clearly wanting to be, you know, like he's got a lot to be pissed about. Like, you know, (laughs) life has kind of done this boy wrong, Um, but he can only feel like he he can only he only feels like he can speak when he's he's, uh, you know, behind some anonymity. But he's, you know, the the role of Hard Harry. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's speaking out loud and proud and he's influencing all of these other kids. Mm-hmm. And when he what what was what, what was first reaction when he found out that he was having an influence on people, he backed the fuck off. Yeah, he, he was like, I, I don't want any of this because all he could think and, and if, if we're going with this, this idea, all he could think is they're going to come after me mm-hmm. like I need to shut the fuck up, you know, but he realizes that he started something that he can't put a lid on here and all the kids are asking him to come back. So he does and he embraces the chaos of it. Nice. He starts yeah. to see like how chaos can like he can control the chaos, you know, so and and that kind of culminates with the end of the movie where he's just like, fuck it. The FCC wants me, you know, off the air. They're going to arrest me. I'm going to go out in a blaze of fucking glory and make my little radio Jeep and drive. Around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know. by the way, the arrest at the end is a perfect way to ship him to Ohio. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so he gets so he, he he has this whole giant, you know, crowd following him, hanging on his every word. And he realizes that, like, he can manipulate anybody he wants mm-hmm. if he just lets himself do it. So yeah. then he gets arrested, you know, basically, uh, well, well, you know, they, they probably wouldn't put him in like, or they probably wouldn't give him back to the same foster family. Or maybe no. maybe they're going to maybe the fucking people find out. That he's living in Arizona and kill his new family. Right? Yeah. They're, 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 or, I, I, yeah, I don't know if we want to go that dark. But, I mean, either way, it's either 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 the mobsters are on his tail and they come and they kill his new family. Or, yeah, to your point, well, his wait. new family are like, you didn't tell us he was this fucking delinquent. You know? Well, wait. Let's think about his father in Heathers. He's well, fucking that's, crazy. That, yeah, he's a that's, crazy guy. He's blowing up buildings with people in him. Well, and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, so what if he's like some ex CIA guy or something like that? <laughs> oh, know. go for it. Oh, I'll say, oh, oh no, that, that's awesome. Okay, so for whatever reason, like, fuck his parents in Arizona, his foster parents. Like, it doesn't really matter what the reasons are. He's he's out of there. And yeah, he gets busted, and the FBI or whoever put him in that witness protection program 
they tell him like in private after the fact, like, hey, you know, we we couldn't get in the way of the FCC and their whole witch hunt because it would have exposed us and exposed you. So we had to just let it play out the way it played out to arrest Mark Hunter, quote unquote. But now that you're in custody, we can spirit you out of here, you fucking dipshit. Like you weren't supposed to go and get in trouble, you know, like it's it's like it reminds me of like My Blue Heaven, right? With uh, yeah, uh. where uh, it's the same character uh, from Goodfellas. What's his name, though? They Eliota played, you know, it's uh, where Henry Hill is that? Yeah, it? that's I it. Think, yeah, yeah, Henry Hill, and he and he's in witness protection, but he keeps like breaking the law anyway, and he keeps getting in trouble. <laughs> but it's like he's he's almost got immunity because he still has to testify. So yeah, we just make it that like because he got attacked on the stand, he still has to go back and testify. Like he has to finish the test testimony, so he still kind of has this immunity. The FBI tells the FCC to fuck off. Like you got your man, quote unquote, Mark Hunter. You can do whatever you want to that personality because that doesn't really exist and then you know we're gonna haul uh haul brian kelly out of here haul him over to ohio to sherwood ohio and yeah and they've got this like ex like cia assassin slash you know uh fucking one man swat team hold up uh hiding out in ohio because you know he's got every uh militant foreign government in the world with crosshairs on him because you know they <laughs> they they've sent him into hot I mean, he was on like, you know, Dutch's team and Predator or whatever. Like they sent him into like hot zones all over the world. And he was like, you know, these like these uh, 80s like military teams, they had like the blade guy and the giant yep. gun guy. And they had like the explosive guy. And that's what yes. this dude was. He was like the guy who could make like a fucking, you know, bomb out of anything like fucking MacGyver. And so <laughs> they're hiding him out in New York. And they're like, look, you, you want to fuck around with these these uh, these pussy foster families? Like now let's see how you do with this motherfucker. He'll keep you in line. But what they don't realize is that, you know, uh, Demo Dan or whatever his name is, like, he doesn't give a shit about, you know, little little Brian, little JD, because he's so fucking bored living out in suburbia that he's like, look, if I got to be out here, you know, trapped in, you know, uh, the the ticky tacky boxes of white suburban America, then I'm going to blow some shit up while I'm out here, you know? <laughs> And he starts like a demolition company taking down sky rises and like old buildings and stuff. And he's just fucking loving life. He doesn't give a shit what JD is doing. And that's why he's able to just be all out all hours of the night, go do whatever he wants. I mean, at one point, Veronica asks JD, like, you know, do you like your father? And he's like, I never really thought about it. because It's right. like it's not even really his father. He's just some wacko that he's living with. <laughs> well, and plus, when when JD is like telling his quote unquote backstory to Veronica and he's talking about his mom walking into the building and, and blowing up and blah, blah, blah. He, it, it could be like the fucking Joker from dark Knight. Like, yeah, his mom really died, but that's not how it happened. I'm just mm -hmm. going to tell these stories. Cause I don't want anyone to know who I am. That type of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, and this guy, you know, this demo guy, like they have this, you know, now unspoken understanding. And that's why they have all these dumb jokes about like, hey, dad, you know, didn't hear you come in. Oh, hey, son, forgot to introduce my girlfriend. And it's like, oh, the last time I saw my mom, she was waving from a library window. Right, dad? And it's, it's like they both know that the other one is completely bullshitting, but they have this mm -hmm. deal that they just go along with it. Like that's that's their equilibrium where they can both do whatever the fuck they want, stay under the radar and, you know, just just make the best of being stuck in suburbia. <laughs> Well, and yeah, that would make sense because he's like, right, dad? And he's like, uh, yeah, right, son. Like, mm -hmm. it's like he didn't know where the fuck JD was going with that. He's like, sure, why not? <laughs> like, that, that, I can't believe how well that fits. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs>
love it. No, this is so good. Uh, this is really snapping together. <laughs> it really is. And of course, at this point, you know, the hard, hairy personality has just completely, to okay. use your point, snapped into place. Like he's just yep. completely subsumed the the Mark Hunter, Brian Kelly personality, and he's just gone, you know, full anarchist. Because I think he's tried to be the good guy twice, and it didn't work out. He tried to keep shit to himself, and it didn't work out. And the only time that he ever is, like, really living is when he's skateboarding and, you know, breaking the law and, uh, you know, getting on the radio and being completely extroverted and out there and and crazy and manic. And he's just like, look, I'm going to keep getting bounced around the rest of my life, you know, trapped in hiding. I can never be who I really am. Well, then fuck it. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And and let's let's examine this for a second, because the first the first death with with Heather um he is like, hey, let's give her basically the, I'm sorry, but liquid drainer cracks me up every time. It's not, it's not liquid draino, it's a glass of liquid drainer. Um, but like, he's, he's messing around with Veronica and she's like, no, 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 like, you know, creamer and orange juice or whatever it was, a half and half and orange juice, something like that. Um, milk and orange juice. Was you. it just milk and orange juice? I thought it was. I thought she. Yeah, it was. It was just milk and orange juice, and they tried to put a phlegm globber in it, but they couldn't like hack it up. Isn't that just like an orange Julius? Basically. <laughs> and and um, can I say, I thought how unrealistic and unbelievable it was that they couldn't like hack up a phlegm globber because I'm like JD chain smokes through the whole fucking movie. Yeah. You remember what it was like when you used to chain smoke? Uh-huh. You'd be like hacking up like lung butter all day long. <laughs> exactly. But now, so like that that sequence where he pours it, you know, she's like, you know, makes a comment of like, no, we're not going to do that. And then they, they wanted something with a uh, like something that she she couldn't see what it was. So he, they put the lid on the on the mug and then Veronica grabs the wrong mug. She grabs the one with the liquid drainer and he goes, he's like, uh, Veronica, like there's a moment where he's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, shit. No, we shouldn't do that. There's that brief, brief moment, and then mm-hmm. he just goes with it. This could be like that tipping point where it's like, you know, he's still not – he doesn't want to kill people yet. Yeah. But he's just like the, – the whole embrace the chaos and see what happens. Oh, yeah. So, you, you nailed it. That's exactly it. This is the moment when we see him make that decision. That's perfect. Yeah. And then like, you know, after after Heather dies – because he's he looks just as panicked as Veronica at first when she dies – He's just like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, then he comes up with the whole suicide note idea and then they get away with it. And he yeah. like, again, once more, just like with, with Hard on Harry, like he gets to that point where it's like, I got away with it. I can go bigger. So mm-hmm. then the next thing is like, OK, let's shoot the fuckers. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's some fake bullets like they're German yeah. bullets that don't actually. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 That's that's the trivia, right? Yeah. <laughs> The Ikluga bullets, right? Which mm. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's German for I'm lying. That's yeah. what that means. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which is so funny. Uh, no, and I think you're totally right. And I think it makes sense too. Now that I'm thinking of JD's arc throughout the movie, I growing up never really thought that his plan to like kill the whole student body was premeditated from the beginning. I always just assumed it escalated after that first death and maybe the second ones with Kurt and Ram. It was like, he realized he could get away with it. And he, he didn't like feed something in him. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, we'll kill everybody. I'll be fine afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I've heard interpretations of the movie that point out the fact that, you know, he went there specifically to, well, new school, like new bunch of like rubes to murder. And he had been planning it from the beginning and that he seduced Veronica, not only because he was attracted to her, but because she was his connection to like the popular kids and being able to like roam in those circles. And so I've heard the interpretation that it was completely premeditated from the very beginning, but I don't think it was. And I think the fact that it's not, fits in better with this narrative because yeah he has that that tipping point during the is it going to be milk and orange juice or is it going to be a bowl of multi-purpose deodorizing disinfectant you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly and and again like we see like as it escalates and he brings it to the whole school like what happened in pump up the volume it started off he even mentioned he's like you know oh to my three loyal listeners and then he realizes mm-hmm. it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and he's affecting the entire school so it's like and then once he sees like they all want the same thing that he wants he has the, almost like this cult like leader response to it where it's like my mm-hmm. people need me <laughs> like that type of thing yeah well now in heathers he sees that like death is the answer Like, death is the result of chaos. And if everybody needs him, he's going to embrace that chaos and take them all out. They're all going to follow Hard Harry's lead. Yeah, yeah. I think you're totally right. He he spirals into this sociopathy where he has completely abandoned his Brian Kelly persona, his Mark Hunter persona. He's abandoned the empathy that made him miss his brother Vinny and want to go after the killers. And he's basically at some point he realizes that it doesn't matter how much good you try to do, the world will fuck you up. And so the only way that you can be happy or have any impact in history is to (laughs) fuck the world up right back, you know, (laughs) and feast on a turbo dog while you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps me sane. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure, like, how much more of this story there is. It's a pretty exactly. simple idea to just string these three movies together, but yeah. I, I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't so much as a, a improv a completely new narrative or a new story, because um, we didn't really add too much other than, like, the trial and the witness protection and all that, but finding a through line between these was three way movies... Easier than we expected yeah. it, it, well that's it the was. thing it shouldn't have been that easy like, no. no this yeah. is why i'm saying we should have thrown binks in there somehow yeah. like, i mean we could have done more i mean we could probably or, drag or it cuffs. drag it out to other movies yeah, yeah. We i mean we could cuffs in here so easily i mean i mean even even <laughs> even when you think about like oh jd blows himself up but maybe he doesn't maybe like not all the explosives go off maybe he just gets like real fucked up and then he needs like a heart transplant like an untamed heart you know <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good oh, shit but, i was gonna go interview with a vampire where he could become like he gets bit and becomes a vampire at the end, but okay. Oh, yeah. We'll no, go with that, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he becomes – well, we do the movies out of order anyway, so at some right. point he's going to become immortal, you know, and, right. and <laughs> he's going to start traveling through time for Robin Hood, you know, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> and Young Guns too. so we'll figure it out. <laughs> and then and eventually, right. eventually he settles down and becomes a voice actor. <laughs> eventually he becomes so psychotic, he's just a split personality of his son. Ah, yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Name Mr. Robot if you guys didn't get that one. All yes. right. 
Well, or and then and then eventually he becomes a superhero and he fights alongside Shark Boy oh, and Lava Girl no! because he's in <laughs> We Can Be Heroes. Where Sharkboy and Lava Girl are all grown up oh, and they have like a look, superhero team. I watched that for two reasons. Christian Slater was one of them. Pedro Pascal was the other. All right, that was it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's all, all you I need. I ever needed to watch that movie again. I that's all you need. To watch it. That was it. Guess what? <laughs> it was slightly better than Sharkboy and Lava Girl, but it still stunk. <laughs> no, it was it was vastly better oh. while still sucking. So that yes. tells you how good Sharkboy and Lava Girl is. <laughs> See, Maurice, I have someone on my side. I have still never seen any oh. of these. Yeah. But oh. in all seriousness, if you have kids who are into these types of things, you know, We Can Be Heroes <laughs> is a pretty decent superhero movie for kids. And it's, yeah. it's only kind of a sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl and that Shark Man and, you know, Lava, Lava Woman or whatever. Like, they're in it and they're grown up. But it really it doesn't have any connection to the other movie. And I do not like Shark Boy and Lava Girl either. My kids like it. I can... They did at the time when they were younger, I should say. I understood why they liked it, but as an adult, I just found it insufferable. <laughs> Maybe it one of these no, days. It was no Spy Kids. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Never, never seen those either. <laughs> oh, actually, the Spy Kids ones are fine. Uh, I, yeah, 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 they're corny, but they're fine. They're kids' yeah. movies. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree though. To circle back to the Slaterverse movie here, when we came into this. I had a vague idea that we could kind of bend the rules and make anything work. We could make it the yeah. same guy. We could right. do some kind of a quantum leap situation <laughs> where he's like living in different bodies or lives or whatever. I, I knew that there was something we could do. So I wasn't afraid. Like I sometimes am coming into these ideas like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, Right. <laughs> I wasn't that nervous because I figured we'll make it work. And there's something there. The characters are similar enough that there's something there. But I really had no idea what it was going to be until we started. So this is pretty cool. I'll be honest. When when we first started discussing this and you had mentioned um, in our Facebook chat the whole like maybe it's just like, you know, a, a reincarnated soul type of thing. I immediately went to Quantum Leap. I was like, yeah. when will the jump take him home? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is it after a Oh, my God. And that's how we get the Star Trek movie in here. Or, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know, hey, should I'll say it right now. We could merge these ideas together. So, like, J.D. dies and he, like, wakes up in hell and he has to, like, make a deal with, like, he makes a deal with the devil that he, like, wants to go back to Earth, like, you know, Spawn style and, like, make up for all the bad shit that he did. But he gets cursed to, like, go- live these lives of these other people. And his job is to be this agent of chaos. And he keeps trying to be the good guy, but it never works. And that's his hell forever is he can never be the good guy. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> So anyway, thanks, Don. I appreciate you coming and joining <laughs> yeah, us. I mean, this was I a lot kinda, of fun. I kind of just sat back and let you guys go. I was just here for your Heather's facts. Like, that was it. Just, just, uh, That's all we sure, needed. <laughs> make sure your Heather's quotes were correct. Yes. Uh, um, I didn't even bring up the fact that I've had a conversation with Christian Slater about Heather's. That's it. You know, well, you oh, tell us there you that. go. Yeah, tell no, us about no, it. It was at a Comic-Con. It was at a Comic-Con. Uh, he was actually there promoting Mr. Robot, like, and they didn't want anything else but Mr. Robot. Now that wasn't him; that was his people. Uh, this is only for Mr. Robot, but um, 
I ended up, I, I, I was like, look, I got to tell you, Heather's is like my favorite movie of all time. Like my brother forced, and yeah, there you go, Tony. I dropped you in here. Uh, my brother <laughs> basically forced me to watch it as a child. And he's like, your brother's pretty cool. And, <laughs> and that's how the conversation pretty much went. I tried to get him to sign my copy of Heather's, but they would not let me do that. Which I have like the collector's edition tin, where if you open it up, there's a little yearbook in it. There's Aww. rulers, there's all these stickers. But my autograph that I got from him is in that tin now. So that's how I know where it is. But yeah. Nice. So that's nice. stupid though that they wouldn't let him sign. Like ugh, it was I, it he was only literally there for like two hours. Like it was I wasn't even supposed to get in there to be get an autograph. You had to be in like a certain line at a certain time, which nobody knew except for like a handful of people who were ah. like following a Twitter account somewhere. And so I ended up that group of people I followed to work because they were like, yeah, he's going to go sign blah, blah, blah autographs for those people who were blah, 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 you know. And so I followed that group and I I ended up getting in because they're like, oh, yeah, we still got some more time. And there was like this little girl right behind me. And I turned to her mother and I was like, no matter what, you guys are coming in because she was a fan of Mr. Robot. Actually, this little like nine year old girl was a fan of Mr. Oh, wow. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, don't worry, we will get her in. And then, so I like grabbed her hand and pulled her in with me. So nice. Yeah, nice. Nice. Speaking of brothers, the movie occurred to me. I remembered it. Earlier, I was trying to remember what it was that my brother wanted to cross over with Solar Babies, and uh, it was Prayer of the Roller Boys. That's what oh, that's right. <laughs> and I should have remembered that one because my son's name is Griffin, and Corey Haim plays Griffin in Prayer of the Roller Boys. <laughs> I have not seen that movie since I was a kid. <laughs> so, well, okay. you know what? He's listened to this. He's already messaged you like four times. Like, yeah. he already knows, like, he's like, how dare you guys say rollerball? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you when you know it's Prayer of the Roller Boys? How dare you when you yeah. named your son after Corey Heyman, Prayer of the Roller Boys, and then you and couldn't all, even remember the name of the movie? All you're going to have to do is, like, wait till you get to one hour and 20 minutes or whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. what, we get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Just <laughs> wait. I totally forgot that Patricia Arquette is in that movie too. Shit, I just looked it up. I'm gonna have to watch that again, Mike. We're gonna have to watch these together and do well, an episode. Right. That's how we and that's how we get to true romance. All right. <laughs> okay. Nice. I, nice. I was actually right. looking looking through the the uh, Christian Slater IMDb and realizing how many movies of his I haven't seen in years uh like we were talking about cuffs like when we first hopped on here i was like man i haven't watched that and i don't know how fucking long i barely remember anything from it mm -hmm. um and then there are movies that i just haven't watched that have always been on my radar like alone in the dark um oh yeah. please I, don't do it don't do it do not do it and, do and that's it. that's exactly why i haven't <laughs> because i'm like okay i loved the first two video games that came out and i know for a fact that that movie has oh. absolutely nothing to do with the games oh, and it was what him and tara reed it was tara reed and steven dorf oh, all right Jesus. this is what yeah. i'm going to tell you i believe it's an ooey boyle movie by the oh, way. that makes perfect yeah. fucking sense. Um, that guy. I believe I I don't know for sure. I don't know. For, I did see it, and it, it's very funny trying to uh, hear Tara Reid try to say big words. All right, because she's because <laughs> she plays a scientist. So yeah, uh, Uwe Ball, he's he's the director. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. And unfortunately, oh, there's actually god. some movies of his that I don't 
I'm not really interested in seeing it again. Like, I'm sure Bed of Roses was a perfectly fine movie, but I don't care. Like, I don't know. Right. We'll see how that one fits. Maybe someday. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go uh, back. Yeah, how far back do we want to go? Like, Beyond the Stars or Desperate we, for Love? You know, his uh, his before he was a leading man. Like, do we, yeah, do we really need Untamed Heart? Like, does it really need to be in there? I mean, I do love Marissa Tomei. She makes everything she's in. But I yeah, mean, I mean, he, he, but he, he didn't have anything to do in that movie. That was the problem. It was a Marissa Tomei movie where he just kind of walked in and out of scenes because he barely said anything. He had no personality. He was supposed to have no personality. Like, that was his character. And, yeah, he's forgettable. I love Christian Slater, obviously, but he's forgettable in that movie. But it wasn't him. It was the character. But Marissa Tomei, like, choose the scene. So... I'll still watch it. But yeah, there there are some that how I watched the I mean, wizard and he's only in it for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like we can connect Broken Arrow to Hard Rain somehow. Like that yeah. that that seems like an obvious move. Yeah, and I then, feel like that can work. Oh my god, guys, we could have gotten very bad things right into this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It would have fit right in. JD that's survives, it. and that's him years later. Yeah. <laughs> that's another one I haven't seen for about 20 years. Oh, um, yeah. But I, I remember, like, the first time I watched it, because I had heard, again, I had heard very bad things um, about that movie. <laughs> oh, and, uh, oh, that's yeah, wrong. Like, that's a lot wrong of, at all. A lot of people told me it wasn't good, and I was like, it, but it, it looks funny. And uh, I remember when I was living in Rochester, it was like the first couple of months of living there. Um, I went to that. I'm sure Josh, you'll remember the, the Best Buy that was like right around the corner from my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there and they had like a bunch of these movies in a three dollar bin. And one of them was very bad things. And I was like, well, fuck it. I've never seen this three dollars. I'll buy it. And I went home and watched it. And it was just like, first of all, I loved it. But I was not expecting it to go so hard so quick. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes a movie is ruined by a bad title, like Horrible Bosses. And and in my opinion, very bad things. I think Mm -hmm. it's not a great title for the movie. And I, while it's descriptive and so is Horrible Bosses, it's not very creative. And it doesn't really get you excited to want to go watch the movie, you know? I don't know. Have you seen Horrible Bosses? It's pretty damn funny. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying it's a boring title. It's like oh, it's okay. it's such an on the nose title that they just like couldn't think of anything better. They couldn't find some pun or something or some, you know, song lyric or title or something to reference. So they just literally named it what the movie is. And sometimes it's it's a little it's a little boring, you know? Yeah. Um it's like there was a, a trend in Marvel comics in the early 2000s where suddenly everybody had to have superhero names that were just their power, like speed and stature. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you couldn't even come up with anything interesting. It was just like, what does this guy do? Like, you know, <laughs> there's literally a character <laughs> called Gold Balls on the X Men. <laughs> Guess what he does? He makes gold balls. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went somewhere completely different with that. <laughs> Yeah, it, I it mean, that really guy obvious. exists too, just not in this universe, that Marvel universe. This, See, it's the porn universe. <laughs> this has absolutely nothing to do with anything we're talking about other than Josh, who mentioned like X-Men. I This has been bugging the fuck out of me for the last couple of days. You might remember this. Who the hell was that character who was, I don't know if he was on Excalibur or X-Force, maybe he was one of the Star Jammers, but he was this character who was like a swordsman but his mutant power was just making noises. Like he could just. Oh, re- Kylan. 
Thank you. I was like Excalibur. Yeah. Because I was talking about uh, Echolalia the other day and I'm like, wait a second. That's like that X-Men. Like, so his power was autism? Like. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. And and you know, the only reason that anybody even remembers him, because he was like a minor character in Excalibur for a few storylines in the 90s. But the only reason that people even remember him is because he had a badass trading card in that X-Men set where Jim Lee drew every (laughs) single card. And he looks so cool. But he's not cool in the comics. I only remembered him because of that. Well, again, of that trading card. And I remembered the the action figure the Toy Biz made of him just because he was like a dude with two swords. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't know who this guy is, but he's a cool swordsman. I don't remember the whole backstory, but it's something like he's like a regular like human child who is trapped in this like barbarian world. And he he either takes over the body of another guy or he like adopts the characteristics of the people who live in this fantasy world. And he becomes this cat-like warrior but he's really just like a kid yeah who can like literally copy any noise that he hears it's a little weird (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's that's very strange but that had nothing to do with anything it was just like i i had you on the phone here and i'm like oh shit i gotta ask while i have (laughs) you you gotta find out and uh i'll say one more thing before we wrap up too which is uh i i did a little googling while we were talking and i looked up yeah moviesbyminute.com and sure enough there is a podcast Pump up the minute, and I have oh. downloaded all the episodes already. <laughs> it came I'm out in 2020. Check that out. I'm telling you, Strasburg, me and you, we just take each movie, we do, we just do our own podcast for each movie. I'm telling you, <laughs> we call it Talk Hard, and we're yeah, on I, this. I, I'm telling you, I think you should do that. I think you should start that podcast, and I'll be on it. But I, I don't have time to do a whole <laughs> other podcast. I can oh. barely do this one that comes out twice a month. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no, yeah, there you go. If, if you start that podcast, just we'll, we'll all guest on your podcast oh. now. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any room on my computer for that. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Podcaster General. Stop making excuses, Podcaster General. <laughs> Do the uh, Christian podcast, Slater podcast. podcast Christian Slater. Has other ideas. No. Talk hard. Um, talk hard. Talk hard. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm almost guaranteed that probably already exists. It probably, <laughs> oh, probably does. We'll have to Google it. But yeah. anyway, Don, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks once again for guesting on Raised by Rentals. I kind of was just here. So, you know. That's okay. Yeah, That's okay. I was just I was just along for the ride, guys. <laughs> hey, any, it was so fun. Any excuse to watch Heather's, I'm, I'm wow. here for it. That's all you need. I mean, I don't need an excuse. I'm I was just, gonna say, I'll do we need an excuse? I probably turn it on right now. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. I'm gonna go finish watching Pump Up the Volume. I gotta like actually pay attention to it this time because uh, I was movie. I was so busy. Uh, but yeah. If you're still here, you're still listening to us, and you want to check out some more podcasts that aren't about Christian Slater, that aren't called <laughs> Pump Up the Minute, then you can check us out at RaisedByRentals.com and at RadPantheon.com, our super team up of podcasters, artists, musicians, the art collective of creative friends supporting each other and helping to spread the word about rad stuff, not just Slater stuff, but all kinds of rad stuff about toys and music and The Simpsons and horror and you name it. So, Mike, what you got going on in the Rad Pantheon these days? Uh, well, over at the Boogeyman's Closet, we're about to start my month, uh, oh. which uh, I'm just for, we decided that on our birthday months for this year, uh, we are going to just pick a bunch of movies that we want to have on the show and then have people vote on them. So 
it is a very eclectic collection that I'm I'm really happy with some of the votes we're getting. Um, but the next movie we're going to be covering is VFW. Um, and it's looking like Green Room is going to make the, the cut because uh, it seems a lot of people really want that one. And I fucking love that movie. So I'm excited about that. And of course, there is Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, uh, where three grown man children, you know, bitch about pop culture and talk about toys. Uh, I think we are taking a slight hiatus on that because I know Josh has Assembly Required uh, coming up and really looking forward to hearing the stories from that. But uh, so he's he's in full on work mode right now. And I'm not sure if me and Mike are going to do some other kind of stuff or if we're just going to take a break, because I know we're both uh, working a lot of extra hours right now. So there's always time for a dumpster theater fire. Well, and that's what I was wondering. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure because I like I said, I knew his his work schedule has been really hectic. So I'm like, I don't know if we're going to do that yet. I'm waiting to see what happens. But uh you know, I'm always down for that. You know, I'm I'm down to watch uh, crazy ass movies where uh, Gene Simmons plays a cross dressing oh, terrorist. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, what about you, Don? Want to plug anything? Don, uh, Don don't care. Just look that up. Uh, yeah, no, it's on probably you know just the TikToks, uh, the Instagrammies. And um, and March, I don't get a whole month, but I'll get an episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. We're not we're not discussing what that is. Just this say is true. it's long overdue. Well, long this is overdue. And it's it's a good place to mention this. Now, it will be coming up on the actual show pretty soon, but we will be taking a extended hiatus on the Boogeyman's Closet. Um, I have a lot of other projects coming up that I, I have to focus on. So I unfortunately will not have the time to, uh, you know, prep and edit and record the episode every week. So we're going to take a couple month hiatus. So Dawn's episode will actually be the only episode coming out in March. Um, oh, we will still okay. probably do like one episode episode a month basically uh patreon style or like our like where we're going to do our anniversary episode stuff like that but we will be taking a few months off um and then we're going to come back and we already got a plan for what we're coming back with so it will come back uh probably in either june or july and uh with a vengeance because we're going to have a bunch of movies that people have asked for don't so, worry the yeah. one we're going to end on is strong all right yes yes <laughs> it's a strong yeah. one Don nice. has a very good pick, and it is one that many people have asked for already. So nice, nice. We, we will be uh, we're, we're making this year a year to cover a lot of movies that we haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that, too. And now my wheels are spinning because while I have made some questionable choices for uh, <laughs> Patreon choices for my episodes, uh, <laughs> including one that should be out by the time this episode airs, I actually have a whole list of movies that I would have picked for my Patreon, except I keep expecting you guys to do them because they seem so obvious, you know, <laughs> like, what about this and that? No, there, there's been several uh, like that, like, and I do the same thing. I, like, you're not alone in that, Josh, because like with with my birthday picks, um, you know, I did the the first year where I did a Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm like, oh, we haven't covered Freddy yet. I go, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street. Perfect. And then every time after that, I've picked like a movie either that fit the theme, like Tales from the Crib Demon Knight. Or, you know, something that I personally love that's divisive, like it follows. Um, and then I'm picking VFW because I don't know where else to put it on the podcast. Like, I can't think of a <laughs> month that it fits. Damn it, I want to watch a bunch of old men kick the hell out of drug addicts. Like, it's funny as hell. <laughs> like, I almost had the idea this year to let the listeners pick mine. Like, give you four. <laughs> I and, mean, like, mm -hmm. have them vote on it. But mine... <laughs> 
once once me and Mike confirmed a few details, we were good at it. So, oh yeah. So maybe yeah. next year. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I said, uh, coming when we when we come back, um, it will be a month of just movies that should have already been on there but haven't for one reason or another whether it be like it didn't get enough votes or it wasn't streaming at the time that we were doing something um so i already have a list of films that i want to make sure happen this year and uh, the most of them are big name ones nice yeah so. it, it, it's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too because even for race rentals going into season three i have a list of topics that you know we've talked about covering and while we have gotten ourselves kind of painted into a corner in the past insisting that we do something and putting on the schedule and just doing it anyway even if we didn't really have an idea uh this year i have a, i have some stuff on there that is like stuff we've been talking about since like day one since we first started thinking about making the show and we kept putting it off because we had another idea and another idea so i'm like this year we're actually going to go back to the well and do some of those classic concepts that we keep talking about but they keep getting bumped <laughs> for one reason or another so it's like nice. stop bumping them let's check them off get them done and while we've had some rough episodes in the past where things didn't really gel that well i think this episode is a really good testament to how sometimes we don't have to come up with like a whole story beginning middle and end we can just kind of rip on some cool ideas and you know fill in the gaps on something and it's still a lot of fun i still think it was really successful and it makes me feel better about some of the other ideas we had where we know it'll be fun but it's like maybe not beginning middle and end fun but hey let's right. just go let's go you know goof around with it anyway and you know and just see what comes out and you know kind of mix up the uh mix up the format a little bit just like we were talking about doing more originals this year so anyway just a heads up everyone out there who's listening so once again i appreciate everyone for tuning in to the raise my rentals program if you had fun with us visit us on the socials drop us a line leave a comment leave a podcast rating let us know what you think we should improv improve next time and if we should have don back on the show oh, but for now <laughs> i'm josh i'm mike i'm Maury Safler. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get the fuck out of here to return those videotapes. Talk hard! Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. worse you know being blown up in nuclear war or having a 7-eleven on every corner all i could do is drive out to some stupid mall maybe if i'm lucky play some fucking video games smoke a joint and get stupid there's always been a snappy snack shack any town any time can pop a ham and cheese in the microwave and feast on a turbo dog keeps me sane <laughs>